0: Welcome to the Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of the Lighting Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. Today my message is called History's Mystery, History's Mystery, okay? And the resurrection solves history's mystery. So you might you don't even know what the mystery is yet, okay? So, let me ask a couple questions. Why I'm going to tell you well, I'm going to actually answer some questions. I'm going to answer the question on why you should put your faith in Jesus if you haven't done this already. Why should you even consider this? Because I believe that you should consider this despite all the negative press that the church christianity gets despite all the scandals you know it's the first thing that people will throw out to me about the church that it's corrupt and it's bad and there's all these things about it and even christians that you know that don't always act like christians despite all that i believe you should consider putting your faith in jesus christ despite what you believe about the Bible. Uh, it's just a bunch of fairy tales. You know, there's a lot of conflicting information in it. Uh, it's just part of organized religion, you know. I mean, we uh, there's just as many excuses out there as there are people, it seems like. But I believe that you should consider putting your faith in Jesus Christ and that the reason you should consider this has nothing to do with your personal experience. Your personal experience is has no bearing on why I believe you should accept Jesus Christ why you should put your faith in him and first of all before I get too far down the road I want to thank uh, a minister Andy Stanley anybody know Andy you probably don't know him personally but you've heard him and uh, he shared this um, outline with uh, a number of ministers and I was so glad to get this so thank you uh, Andy Stanley and um you probably won't recognize this sermon i always say that because uh, it's kind of an apology you know i tear it up and put it back together but this is history's mystery and what is what are you talking about larry noel what are you talking about history's mystery all right let's start with history all right let's talk about some of the people back in this day ever heard of nero what have you heard about nero what yeah what you've heard terrible things anybody specifically he fiddled what while Rome burned okay that's probably what he's most known for he's most known for killing Christians okay he was a mass murderer in a sense in that he had Christians killed he's not known so much for anything about being the emperor of Rome actually isn't that amazing he's known for these despicable acts How about Caesar Augustus? Anybody ever heard of Caesar Augustus? Okay, where have you heard the name Caesar Augustus the most? Yeah, and how about Christmas? When we read the Christmas story about a little baby, okay, that grew up in a carpenter's home to be a carpenter, who did nothing, accomplished nothing, okay, didn't have anything great you know really come out of his life in the human sense he never ruled anything he didn't conquer anything he never really went anywhere he wasn't a worldwide traveler didn't write all kinds of books and he was only public for three and a half years for three for three years a little over three years he had a public ministry and then he was crucified by Caesar's adopted son Tiberius who was really weird okay so that's what we know about Caesar Augustus is that he's mentioned in the Christmas story more than anything else and that's about a little baby born in Bethlehem we don't talk you don't hear outside of history books you don't hear a lot about Caesar Augustus do you why let me ask a question here's our mystery why for over 300 years before there was a New Testament written did people put their faith in Jesus there was no gospel. There was no written gospel for you to read and you to give to people. Okay? We take it for granted now. We have piles of Bible in the back room here. We used to have them out here where you could have them. But for some reason, you know, we believe covid can live on the surface of a Bible and it probably can <laughs> How did the church get here though? All right, you've got these famous these emperors who did amazing things and we talk more about a baby born in a manger than we do them we talk more about the accomplishments of jesus christ and before there was ever anything written put down that you could actually give to people people were giving their life they were making jesus christ their lord and savior for 300 years guys how did the church then get to what it is today worldwide? And the answers to these questions are why I believe you should consider or reconsider putting your faith in Jesus Christ it has nothing to do with what you believe it has nothing to do with what you feel it has nothing to do with world conditions or our culture. It has to do with facts. so what are the answers to these things? Well, all movements have some things in common, all right? For one thing, they require, great movements require a charismatic leader, such as myself, (laughs) right? No, really, it requires, great movements have always required some charismatic leader that has some new message that appeals to the current culture, and it just sets the world on fire Ooh, did you hear what so-and-so wrote did you hear what they said let's let's talk about one of those Muhammad, you ever heard of Muhammad? yes you have probably just shaking your head out there here it was a religious and political leader and warrior who amassed a 3,000 man army at one time anybody ever heard of Martin Luther King okay bring it I'm gonna bring it home Baptist minister activist He was probably the most visible African-American spokesman from 1955 to 1968. So it's just a couple examples of charismatic leaders who led great movements and got people to follow them because of their persona, because of the great things that they could write or the great ways that they could say things. But here's the thing. When a leader dies, listen, when a leader dies, the followers usually keep those movements going. It almost sets them in motion. They're more determined to keep that movement going. When Muhammad died after being injured in battle in 632, his family and friends, who you might know as the Shiites and the Shunis, they argued over who would take leadership over this great movement. There was a big family fight about it. And the Muslims then went on to conquer the Arabian Peninsula, the Holy Land, North Africa, and Spain. Martin Luther King, by the way, was shot today. This is the anniversary of his death in 1968. Once he died, the civil rights movement continued, didn't it? We know. We've lived in this country to see how civil right, the civil rights movement continued. How did it continue? Well, I don't know if you ever heard of Ralph Aber- Abernathy, but he uh, was a very close friend of Martin Luther King's, and he continued the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, which basically kept all the things going that Martin Luther King was about the um and getting rights for every american no matter what your color what your background is to bring civil rights there he picked up basically where martin luther king left off so we can see great movements led by charismatic leaders with great teachings their people they don't stop when the move when the when the leader dies they don't stop it almost makes them more determined to see it continue but it didn't work that way with Jesus what happened with Jesus's movement well historians don't believe that is here's what historians basically tell us all right and this is why this is history's mystery because it doesn't make sense it doesn't line up with all the movements that we've seen throughout history And so here's some problems with what actually happened. Problem number one, Jesus's message wasn't exciting. It wasn't about liberation. It wasn't about revolution. The zealots of that time, the Jewish zealots, they they wanted to overthrow the Romans. They were living under an occupation of a foreign government. Who allowed them to live to a certain level, but at any moment they could come and arrest you and crucify you or make you a slave or whatever they wanted to do to you. They owned you. They were living basically in slavery to the Roman government. And so Jesus' message didn't line up with the zealots. When they first heard about him, they thought maybe he did. But it wasn't about those things. In fact, his teachings weren't unique. They were based on Old Testament teachings about love. It wasn't anything new that he had to say. In fact, his teachings were very hard and they didn't make sense. People were looking for a way out. And what did he say? Love your enemies. What? Say what? He said, pay taxes to caesar pay taxes to caesar what wait give our hard-earned money that we work so hard and give it to the roman government who doesn't need it are you kidding his teaching said obey those in authority over you this is not what they wanted to hear this is not exciting I mean, his teachings, let's face it, were not appealing to the people of the day, to the Jewish people. He said, put others first. We can't even do that when we're trying to get a parking space. We're still working on that one. He said, deny yourself. He said, take up your cross. You know, to us, it's symbolic. Yeah, you know, carry a burden for Jesus. Listen, take up your cross, man. That was a way that you were killed by the Romans. That's the way that you were punished was on a cross. Take it up. Go to your death and do what's required of you. Whatever it is that leads you to that, do it if that's what God wants you to do. Turn the other cheek. When for no reason at all except that you're a Jew, you're smacked in the head you're pushed out of the way turn the other cheek really I just want to beat these people I just want God to come down and smash them they have no right to treat us that way you see was Je- do you think Jesus's teachings were great at that time no they weren't his teachings were not appealing in fact his teachings affirmed the Jewish law the Ten Commandments He said, I didn't come to abolish the law. So people that didn't like following the law, too bad, because Jesus, I didn't come to do that. His teachings did not promote revolution. He taught them to respect, obey, and submit to those in authority. Man. So if you're going to lead a revolution, this is probably not the way that you do it. This is not how you get people all hyped up and excited. Woo. Okay. Another problem is Jesus's message centered on Jesus. Now you don't think it's weird that my message is center on Jesus. But if I got up and all my messages centered on me, you'd go, "Uh, I think we have a problem, Houston. And Jesus's message is centered on him. See, he didn't call people to trust in his ideas. He called people to trust in him. Big difference, right? His ideas aren't what got him into trouble. It was who he was declaring himself as. That's what got him into trouble. You could teach whatever you want, but when you start saying, but this is who I am, that's a big difference. When he was with Lazarus' sisters, when he raised Lazarus from the dead, what did he call himself? I am the resurrection. John chapter 11. The resurrection and what? Life. The life. The one who believes in me. He didn't say who believes in God. He didn't say who believes in the Torah. He didn't say that. He said, if you believe in me, you will live. Whoa. Blasphemy. Blasphemy alert there's a lot of whispering when he said that there's a lot of this going on we got to go tell the rabbi how about when he's with the apostles in John chapter 14 he said if you've seen me who have you seen you've seen the father Uh, wait are you saying you're equal with God see Jesus got into trouble because of who he said he was not for what he was teaching another problem with with this whole thing with jesus was he didn't just leave some great teachings and parables and insights quotes i love quoting like c.s lewis it just seems so relevant for today you know if i put stuff on facebook that's what i put i put things like that you know or a scripture or something try to put things out there that you know promote positive thought people you know, to live for the Lord. But Jesus didn't just leave a collection of insights and cool things and cool sayings that makes you feel good. He just went way too far. He went way too far to be just remembered as some clever writer, some clever speechmaker, some clever teacher. He claimed way too much about himself. And he allowed others to even believe that he was the Messiah. That's what got Jesus into trouble here. Another difference between Jesus and other movements is when the disciples watched Jesus die on the cross, they were watching their movement die. (laughs) Troubling fact number one. The movement died because Jesus claimed to be the movement. When when your movement dies on the cross, your movement dies. That's it. That's our movement right there. Jesus, he's on the cross. So here's what happens when the movement died on the cross. His followers went. They were they had a little crisis of belief there, didn't they? It was like, wait, he was it. This was he was our hope. And he's on the cross and he's dead. He's in the grave All hope is gone. They didn't believe what he said anymore. Do you know that? They were incredibly confused. There was nobody going out. Well, he may be dead, but no, they were. They went into hiding because they didn't want to be crucified. His followers no longer believed his that he was the Messiah. I mean, Peter and others. Who am I? Well, you're Jesus the Christ. Afterwards, they're going. Maybe I was wrong. I could have been wrong on this. I think I was wrong. See, the movement was over. Another troubling fact here is that the movement began to fall apart even before he died. It was starting to have some issues. Peter said, "I don't even know him when he was on trial, didn't he?" Some little, you know, some young person walks up. "Aren't you?" And another person says, "Hey, weren't you?" No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know nothing. You know, Jesus. No, you know, I'm not a part of that thing. Oh, man. They're crazy. They're way out there. Like, whoo. The apostles, all these buddies of Jesus, they went into hiding when when he got arrested. They were afraid for their own lives. And then we know that one of his own actually betrayed him and allowed the whole thing to take place. Judas that's why listen that's why you can believe what they wrote about the whole account because nobody was a hero in this there were no heroes there was nobody going well no guys I knew all along he was coming back from the dead there was nobody like that they all collapsed their whole belief everything that they thought about Jesus it fell apart and they went into self-doubt. They doubted Jesus. They doubted God. They, I mean, when your world falls apart like that, this is what happens. You begin to question. See, if they'd have made this up, someone would have made themselves a hero. Let's make, let's make you know, Matthew would be good. He's got a good background and we could, you know. No, all of them collapsed. Collapsed. That they didn't know what was going on, guys. We know they didn't know. And Peter, he was the least faithful. Here's the guy, ah, cutting off ears, and, you know, he was like Jesus' bodyguard, and he was, you know, always out there taking care of things. Oh, There's a little girl asking me, Do I know Jesus? He fell completely apart. He was the least faithful another troubling fact is that messiahs don't die did you know that that gods are not mortal so they cannot die he's dying he can't be the messiah you can't kill the son of god he's god how do you kill god you can't so he's not god right exactly didn't think so it's it coming judas was right where's Where's Judas? Oh, he hung himself. Ooh, bad move. So history's mystery is how did we get from that, that whole scenario where Jesus is dead? Everybody that believed in him, followed him, went to hear him teach, asked for miracles. Everything went from this like the Messiah where he comes in to jerusalem and palm sunday and hurrah hosanna and all this and here's the messiah and now ooh, let's kind of keep this mm-mm, don't talk about it you know how did we get from that whole collapse to this today why is there a church even why is there churches of any kind why is christianity even around The emperor of Rome even made Christianity the official religion. Did you know that? Did you know that? That the very people that crucified, the organization that crucified Jesus ended up making Christianity the official religion. Isn't that kind of ironic? Isn't that kind of funny? That's kind of like God going... See, that's the mystery. That's history's mystery. How did this puny, insignificant, beleaguered movement survive, let alone become a global movement? It didn't have money. It didn't have exposure. It didn't have a charismatic leader. The leader is killed. And that should have killed the movement. But Easter solves history's mystery. Let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verses 1 through 2. It says this early on the first day of the week. I'm excited because here's the good part. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb. I love that i assume somebody took him out of the where's he at i don't know i guess somebody took him out of the tomb isn't that what you would say i suppose grave robbers came in took his body and we don't know where they put him so they're not they're distressed they're not excited no one expected that there would be a resurrection I love, you know, when we did these Easter musicals years ago, it was like the women went, praise God, he is out of the tomb, hallelujah. We had it all wrong. We should have been going, ah, no, somebody stole his body. Luke chapter 24, verse 11. I hope the camera could follow me on that because I was doing my best E.T. movement. Home, home, you know. Luke 24:11 if you're here for the first time or you're visiting today, you know. Sorry. Everybody understands me. So they give me a lot of latitude here. Luke 24:11, but they did not believe the women. Of course, why would you believe a woman, right? Oh, calm down, calm down, calm down. You know, you're just excited. You know, But they did not believe the women. That's all I'm going to say about that because I'm already in trouble. Because their words seem to be like nonsense. See, guys, this is nothing new. When women get excited, we just go, it's nonsense. It's biblical for you to believe that. Oh, that's nonsense. For a moment. Okay. I didn't say you were right. I just said it was biblical. It's in there. Let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20, verses 3 through 8. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. You know, do you ever find that just strange they had to put that in there? It's like Peter, was he gimpy, you know, or was he just like slow, you know? Or maybe he was short-legged. Maybe he was a little guy and he just couldn't run as fast, you know? I don't know, Don. I'm not talking about anything in particular. It says both are running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him (sighs) like that, and he went straight into the tomb, probably because he collapsed. Okay, He saw the strips of linen lying there and as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus's head. And the cloth was still lying in its place, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. That's so profound. We just don't get that part. He did not believe before he saw. Remember? Nonsense. The body. Are you kidding? It has to be there. We're going to go find it. It's just, did you turn the light on? Okay, did you take a flashlight? Did you really look? Maybe Jesus fell off and he's in the floor in the dark. I don't know, but I'm sure he's there. He saw and believed. You see, he didn't believe before that that Jesus' body was gone. They thought Mary was full of nonsense. But now he saw and believed. So up to this point, Jesus' followers were in hiding for their lives expecting to be rounded up and arrested and Saul probably had his band of merry men out looking for them I want you to find those we're going to snuff this thing out completely the Bible doesn't say that but that's what Saul was doing at that time find any follower of Christ have them killed it was over, guys. Their dreams of the messianic rule had totally collapsed. But then Jesus' disciples, all of a sudden, were back in the game. Wait. So the Bible tells us clearly that at one point they're depressed, they're defeated, their life, it's, it's over. They're fearing for their lives. And the next thing you read about is they're running around telling people that Jesus has risen. Not because of some teaching they heard. You know, Jesus had told them the temple is going to get destroyed and in three days it's going to be rebuilt, right? They had no clue what what that meant. He's talking about his body. I'm going to die in three days. I'm going to come back. And they were like, who would tear down the temple and how could you build it back that fast it took a long time for Herod to build that temple and a lot of money do you know that Jesus what are you saying but they got back in the game not because of something they heard not because of a great teaching but because of someone they saw who did they see everybody Jesus Jesus began to appear to them in small groups, didn't he? On the road to Emmaus, their hearts burned. They didn't even know it was Jesus at first. And when he find, when he broke bread, it says, and we're going to take communion in a moment. And it said, when he took the bread, just like he did at the Last Supper, and he broke it, their eyes were opened. They walked all the way down the road to Emmaus talking with this fine gentleman about what's going on. And they're like, hey, you don't know about Jesus? You don't know about the body? You don't know about what's going on? No, tell me. (laughs) And he told him all, everything that was going on, and then he revealed himself to them. In fact, Jesus appeared. There's nine other recorded appearances in the Bible, but he probably appeared more than that to people. more people than what's written in the bible see this wasn't a doctrine this is see this is our doctrine that jesus rose from the dead but this wasn't a doctrine for these guys this wasn't some belief that they were told in sunday school this wasn't hearsay you know let me tell you what this was jesus was dead now he's alive jesus can i say that again jesus was dead but suddenly he's alive wouldn't that just kind of get you excited wouldn't that kind of change your world to go from down here to like what are you what what it would be incomprehensible in some ways and the message of the early church was the resurrection Jesus came back from the dead that was the message the book of Acts after Jesus ascended back up into heaven and after the day of Pentecost You've got all these spirit-filled believers now, filled with the Holy Spirit. What did they preach about? Luke says in Acts 3.15, this is the words of Peter, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. He's out there preaching. Jesus was resurrected from the grave. And we are witnesses of this. We saw it for ourselves. We saw Jesus. We touched him. We talked to him. We heard his voice. We felt his warmth. And they were out on the streets proclaiming this to all their fellow Jews that Jesus had risen from the dead. See, the resurrection solves history's mystery. How do you go from complete failure, complete breakdown, doesn't fit any other successful movement of religious Military, charismatic, whatever leaders, just doesn't fit. And on top of it all, his temporary success of three years completely collapses, as well as all of his followers. And then suddenly, within three days, not only is Jesus resurrected, but his movement is resurrected, because he was the movement. How did this carpenter of Galilee with this bunch of nobodies small band of followers. How did it it become this today? They didn't have marketing. They didn't have the internet. How did this come to this today? How did a worldwide movement... And there's, I mean, I don't know how many offshoots to the Christian faith. You know, there's so many flavors of Christianity now. It's just... It's incredible. And that's okay. I just want to know. I just want to know one thing about your flavor. Is it about Jesus? Is it about the resurrection? Do you believe in that? Do you believe that Jesus died for our sins? And that the only way to eternal life is to have faith in Him? Then the rest of it, I can go go for it. But we are brothers We are sisters because of that core belief. You see, it's a historic fact. Hundreds of people saw Jesus for 40 days. See, he was killed. He wasn't, he didn't faint. He didn't pass out. Let me tell you what, the Romans documented his death. The Romans did death really well. And they knew what dead was. They knew what dead dead was. In fact, he was dead for three days, guys. Three days. And then for 40 days, he's seen alive by hundreds of followers, hundreds of people. And the best part, the resurrection resolves another great mystery. It doesn't just solve history's mysteries, it solves this mystery. What do I do with my sin? The Bible says that all are sinners and that we need a Savior. The resurrection of Jesus shows us the purpose for the crucifixion, for the forgiveness of our sin. If Jesus rose from the dead, then we can trust what he said about his own death. He said that he was the only way to eternal life, right? So if Jesus predicted his death, predicted that he would come back to life and then he did it. I think you can trust what he says after that, don't you? I mean, anybody that can talk about how he's going to die and how he's going to come back and then pull it off. I think you can trust what that person says. And here's the great thing. We don't just believe in the resurrection of Jesus because the Bible says so. That's not the real reason we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. It's not just because the Bible says so. It's because Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mary, others were witnesses that he was alive again. It's not just because the book says so. It's because there were witnesses to it. And as a christian see we can have confidence that our prayers matter we can have confidence that what we do for the lord it matters we can have confidence that our love for others it matters that what we give to god it matters and if you're not a committed christian and never put your faith in jesus christ you should if you're not living for jesus today you should because no one else could do what he did can I get an amen in the house no one else can offer you what he has eternal life because nobody pulled off what he pulled off and I want to offer you the same invitation that Peter offered the crowd in Acts 2000 years ago I wants to put up a slide. It's just a little prayer that we we use sometimes in our services, and it's the first step in acknowledging your need for Jesus Christ. Do you need that resurrection power in your life? I say yes, because what are you going to do with the sin in your life? You can't handle it. You can't do anything about it. The Bible is very clear. That without the shedding of blood for our sin, we're just sinners in God's eyes. But because of what Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross, that doesn't just cover our sin, it eradicates our sin. It eliminates it. And we're not sinners in God's eyes anymore. Are you ready to accept this, the risen Savior? Are you ready to accept Him and have faith faith in Jesus Christ today if you are I want you to pray this prayer in fact everybody join with me let's pray this prayer together It goes like this let's just say it together dear Lord Jesus I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior guide my life and help me to do your will in your name amen if you accepted jesus christ here today we want you to just come up and talk to somebody could it be anybody in the worship team or anybody in this room we want to help you take the next step after this first step there's an areas in our lives that we have to surrender to the lord well I'm not the one to tell you what those are. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But we can guide you through Scripture. We can give you some things to study and read to help you because you have to help yourself to grow in Christ. It's not just coming here and hearing somebody preach or teach. It's also you reading the Word and you praying. So if you need resources on that, we want to help you. Same if you're watching through our streaming today. um, Send an email. Go to our website, thelightingken.com. Leave us a message, uh, put a message on Facebook or YouTube, and I don't care if this is like a year later after this. This is 2021 Easter. It could be a year later. Doesn't matter. Uh, leave us a message, and we'll it'll get to the right person, and we'll um, we'll send you the information that you are requesting. Okay, to walk in the ways of the Lord, and um, I'll tell you what, if you need support. If you need prayer, this is a great place. This is a great place to receive that. So let me just say a closing prayer for everyone today. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence here. And I pray for those who prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, God. I believe they were sincere and I believe they meant this. And God, I pray that you will um, touch them, help them to grow in you and God, that their life will glorify you. That means that it will be pleasing to you, and also it'll send a message to their friends and and people that they're around how great you are because of the change in their life. So we give you thanks, we give you praise today for being in this place and in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. If you're watching, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightinkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at or message us on Facebook.